the least of her concerns. More than anything, she needs coffee, strong and black. Because this morning, almost as if it were destined to be, Camille wanted her to linger in bed. Unlike her, Camille is very much a morning person. But Anne did not feel up to it. Having gently fended off Camille's advances, he has warm hands, it is not always easy to resist, and forgetting that she had poured herself some coffee, she rushed to take a shower, and so by the time she emerged and padded into the kitchen toweling her hair, she discovered that the coffee was cold and rescued a contact lens that was about to be washed down the drain. By then it was time for her to leave. On an empty stomach. Arriving at the Galerie Mounier at a few minutes past ten, she takes a table on the terrace of the little brasserie at the entrance. She is their first customer. The coffee machine is still warming up, and she is forced to wait to be served. But though she repeatedly checks her watch, it is not because she is in a hurry. It is an attempt to ward off the waiter. Since he has nothing to do while he waits for the coffee machine to warm up, he is trying to engage her in conversation. He wipes down the tables, glancing at her over his shoulder and moving in concentric circles, edges towards her. He is a tall, thin, chatty guy with lank, blonde hair, the type often found in tourist areas. When he has finished with the last table, he takes up a position close to her and, hands on hips, gives a consented sigh as he stares out the window and launches into pathetically mediocre meteorological musings. The waiter may be a moron, but he has good taste, because at forty, Anne is still stunning. Dark-haired and delicate, she has pale green eyes and a dazzling smile. She is luminously beautiful, with exceptional bone structure. Her slow, graceful movements make you want to touch her, because everything about her seems curved and firm. Her breasts, her buttocks, her belly, her thighs, indeed everything so exquisitely shaped, so perfect, it would unsettle any man. Every time he thinks about her, Camille cannot help but wonder what she sees in him. He is fifty years old, almost bald, and, most importantly, he is barely four foot eleven, the height of an eleven-year-old boy. To avoid speculation, it is probably best to mention that, although Anne is not particularly tall, she is almost a whole head taller than Camille. Anne responds to the waiter's flirtation with a charming smile that eloquently says, fuck off. The waiter acquiesces and returns to his work. And she, having hastily drunk her coffee, heads through the galerie towards the rue Georges Flandrin. She has nearly reached the exit, when, slipping a hand into her bag to get her purse, she feels something damp. Her fingers are covered in ink. Her pen has leaked. For Camille, it is with the pen that the story really begins. 
or with Anne, deciding to go to a café in the Galerie Monnier rather than somewhere else. On that particular morning, rather than another one. The dizzying number of coincidences that can lead to tragedy is bewildering, but it seems churlish to complain, since it was a dizzying series of coincidences that led to Camille first meeting Anne. The pen is a small, dark blue fountain pen, and the cartridge is leaking. Camille can still picture it. Anne is left-handed and holds her pen in a tortuous grip, writing quickly in a large, loping hand, so that it looks as if she is furiously dashing off a series of signatures. Yet, curiously, she always buys small pens, which makes the sight the more astonishing. Seeing the ink stains on her hand,